0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Yep, it's me, the one they all hate, the Scottish big dog. I'm back and this is our next episode in our Rushmore season. We're going to go for managers this time. Now, before we get into all the good stuff about housekeeping, remember, you can follow us on social media at Suplex tweet on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also see us on our website at eatsleepsupplexretreat.com and you can see our extensive back catalogue and all good podcasting sites such as Apple, Spotify, Podbean, whatever. We're all there. We're easy to connect with. And, you know, if you see any of us on Facebook, Twitter, feel free to add us. We're not all evil, I promise. It's a pack But now, we'll move on to our Mount Rushmore here, and this time, again, it's very difficult to get a really quality Mount Rushmore group to come and discuss this, but as it is, he seeks to be the pickings are always going to be pretty thin, so I didn't say he's a good Mount Rushmore, probably made a name. So, starting off, some people think this guy's a Delf, until they realise it wasn't him, it was his brother. It is Derek
2: Cannon. I mean, that's just a pure lie there about my brother. <laughs> and also also at the start of it you said that um we get everybody hates you. We don't hate you, we just dislike you intensely, there's a difference. So
1: <laughs>
2: wow. difference Hate such a strong word. <laughs> I'm yeah not, but to be fair that. i was going to say thank you for the introduction but i am i see no to,
3: C, it to not. be fair to alan the most disliked intensely person in the podcast of history doesn't have the same kind of ring yeah it
2: doesn't <laughs>
3: exactly
1: so moving on this next panelist
0: his idea for play is a second pie to the fourth decimal point it's david hockney uh, the same guy who's uh, an originator of this podcast and a Titan of Quiz showdown. I think I'd be an easy pick for a Mount Rushmore of this podcast. Again, we didn't say it'd be a good one, though. How are you doing anyway, mate? Uh, it's been a while since I've done a Mount Rushmore show, so it's, uh, it's good to be back. yeah, I think you were
1: on the very first one, OG Mount Rushmore. Right, welcome back. And moving on to our last panellist. I had a really good one for him, but then I thought, no, because this prick on Friday on Facebook today for no reason at all, caused me a lot of upset. He's an absolute prick, so I'm not being on one i will move on I'm only kidding no this man has now joined an elite group here on Super LHT he's in a group with Stephen Wilson and Ross McLeod for punching well above his weight with his it's quack you a I'll oh, I'll take that
3: one I will take that one what up how you doing a by the way just for the record uh, boy Mark Zuckerberg I think he heard the ESSR show and just decided to jump on my Facebook and unfriend you himself, so it's all his fault.
1: Is it because I keep calling you percys, Is that
3: it? I don't know. I mean, he likes to wear grey t-shirts because he says he doesn't want to think about dilemmas, but clearly that wasn't
1: a dilemma for him, he was just straight on at the prick. What a prick. Absolutely. But anyway, that's our final for tonight. So tonight, as I said, this Mount Rushmore is about managers, we've done who is the Mount Rushmore's men and women, we've done tag teams, we've done loads of them so far, but managers are really, really important because the managers are so crucial in helping champions retain winning streaks, retaining titles, also good distractions that can be excellent for storyline purposes. So I think managers are really, really important within wrestling and I'm really looking forward to seeing what the guys come up with. So, as usual, the guys have got their picks. We're going to go around them, hear the reasons for why they believe their picks should be in the Mount Rushmore. I have a discussion, both of them will argue about it, and we will have our final list. So, I'm going to start off tonight with Kwaku. And Kwaku, I would like you to tell everyone your picks for the Mount Rushmore of managers. Okay, so
3: I'm going to kick it off old school, and i have got to go with Paul Bearer. And He's just iconic, eh, part of the pun. He's Undertaker, Kane, synonymous with them, and the fact that he did the, the mystique of him, and the fact that all he had to do was do a certain look. And have a certain noise. I mean the guy didn't even really speak English. <laughs> he just he just made a whimpering noise. He sounded like he was constantly getting strangled. Must have been when he put his belt on. But it's just it's just the way he was. He, he's just an iconic character and carrying the urn and it just added to the mistake of Undertaker and Kane and no matter who he was managing um, and to be able to be managing two people that fought against each other, fought with each other, and carry off so well on both sides because you know sometimes when people switch sides or whatever have you, you could lose a bit of the momentum, but he never lost that momentum and even when he was cast aside for a while, came back still as iconic and people kind of remember what he was all about. So yeah, Paul Bearer is one up there for me and excuse me for a moment I'm not going to do it in a high pitched voice we're going to go with Vicky Guerrero. absolutely that excuse me the way she just says it and her laugh it ground through me I hated I, I hated that woman hated that woman with such a passion when I was just such a Marky K. Fabie wee guy watching wrestling and just seeing her come back and I was close to tears when I saw her come back at AEW because and also at the Royal Rumble seeing her come back then I was just like Vicky and just hearing her then excuse me it reminded me of why I hated her at the time but I just loved that so and the way that she worked with him uh, she she was just that person that really pushed the momentum for getting people up there so people like edge like edge was it was easy for him to like he won the world heavyweight title in the most despicable way money in the bank or whatever have you but i i really feel that the credence with him and la familia and all that kind of stuff really kept him up in the top card Dolph Ziggler is another one there you go so enough said and speaking of Dolph Ziggler we move on to AJ Lee gotta put her in there this we just recorded a show about AJ Lee versus Paige and there the guys talk about AJ Lee and the way that she like, look at the way she managed Dolph Ziggler and uh, Daniel Bryan created that epic match at WrestleMania and it is an epic match, David Hockney, don't you dare say a thing, it was an epic match and just the way that she carried that, um, that feud between CM Punk, Daniel Bryan and Kane and just having this the weirdest love triangle that you never thought you wanted to see still don't want to see but my god it was captivating entertaining stuff and my final pick is none other than Mizdow you have got to put Mizdow in the Mount Rushmore of wrestling that this man let's be honest right Miz is a big character and he's over as hell with people whether he's a face or a heel especially as a heel people react in the right way to the Miz but when Miz now started coming out and the way that people reacted to him and just the character and how funny it was because let's be honest Damien Sandow's career wasn't exactly (laughs) it was floundering and he managed to reinvent himself with this Mizdown character with the fake uh, tag team title belt and, and being the stunt double it was just absolutely comedic genius so you gotta put Mizdown in there and if you don't, I'm quitting this podcast then I said it, boom A couple of left field
1: picks, I like it, I like mm-hmm. it um, ben, I'm going to come to you first What's your thoughts on Kwaku's picks? First of all, talk about
2: Paul Bearer 100% percent it again this added to he added shut up you <laughs> he added to the character of Undertaker, Undertaker when Undertaker first first came into WWF as well and it was you know this huge man followed by and the name and everything about him was just perfect you know you couldn't have got a better person to play Paul Bearer than the man who did play Paul Bearer um, he added everything to it you know he had that he had the nasty streak as well in him, you know, when the Hogan stuff and all that as well, when he was feeding with Hogan, it was just, it was, he was sensational and the, oh yes, when he was holding down and stuff like that, it was just excellent. Everybody was, even see it when you see him walking down, walking down to the ring, there was, there was kids there who were actually scared of them. you seen them like, sort of, cowering away when you see them. Um, there, but I think Paul Bearer's got to be in it, what a legendary um, manager he was as well and then look at the stuff he done McCain as well in there. So I think Paul Bearer should be in it. Um the other ones, who was the who was your second choice again, Clacky? Uh,
3: Vicky Guerrero.
2: Vicky Guerrero, another great another great manager. Very, very annoying. Super annoying. But I think that was just the appeal of her. You know I'd say hey, excuse me. Everybody just you know it was just I, th- I think she's she's a great one. Would she be in my top ones? Probably not, um but she is still a great character. Um in there. Um, and then you did AJ Lee. Again, another one brought so much to the table in terms of the storylines that she had as well. Plus the fact that she was a pretty good wrestler as well in the middle of that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, as well. So I think I think that's a one by one as well, would it be in mind? Sorry mate, nope. And Mizdow, great shout, wouldn't have thought of him personally mate. Um, but I think the other guys that we're probably going to talk about, I can't see him getting in there. As much as I love you, nah. No
1: handling. Shocking. (laughs) Fair enough, though. We'll move on to David. What's your thoughts? Uh,
0: Well, I'll get the the nitty gritty out of the way. I think AJ and Mizdow are wasted picks, if I'm being honest. Like, there is so many more you could have chosen from. And I think, well, just going with AJ, her sort of managerial valet times were just completely overshadowed by what she accomplished in the ring in terms of championships and also uh, also don't forget the the pipe bombshell against Total Divas. I think that's one of her biggest, you know, outspoken moments. So it's everything that you know, she did in and outside the ring on her own, not necessarily in the capacity of a manager role. And so I don't think she really fits the bill on that one. So, yeah, I, I don't agree with that. Same with Mizdow, you know, he was a, a very very entertaining character no no two ways about it but he was much more of a, a tag team partner and a competitor rather than you know somebody who took on managerial duties so not to say that those two aren't great characters but they don't exactly fit the definition of a manager so i can't see either of those two making the cut he was uh, the stunt
3: double he wasn't a tag team
0: partner. he was the stunt double stunt double tag team partner still still competed in the ring though so it's uh, yeah no, but sorry, I can't back that one. Uh Vicky Guerrero, pretty solid shout. Uh, you know, the her person her you know her catchphrase, excuse me, etc., was enough to really rile up a crowd anyway, and she was definitely one of the better managers of the 2010s, particularly when elevating guys like uh Dolph Ziggler, for example, and Edge, you know, as part of La Familia. Definitely a very despicable authority figure. Um Manager role, I think it's gonna be a bit of a stretch, but I think, you know, she definitely has a definitely has a case to be made there. Paul though, I think that's a no-brainer. Like, somebody who, you know, was this very much this uh, scary, charismatic, eccentric manager of two characters who go down as two of the most legendary gimmicks in the company. Uh, you know, and they were both sort of very, you know, silent, stoic characters and Bearer's, you know, sort of loud, shrieky voice made him look like an actual, almost like a specter controlling, you know, the undead powers of guys like Undertaker and Kane. It was almost like, you know, their powers were manifested into one person and the urn was just the the sort of the crown jewel of it so to speak but yeah it's just everything from his image to his voice to his personality and help and him sort of molding two of the best gimmicks that wwe had to offer i think paul bearer's uh, a surefire shout to to go up there fair
1: enough quacky what's your thoughts on the guys
3: thoughts mm. yeah i feel like i've just been stabbed in the back there i came here for one reason one reason only to get the miz out on that mount Rushmore. He deserves to be up there. I mean, you could dismiss all the other ones, but Mizdow needs up there, big time. <laughs> you can
2: dismiss Paul Burnham but put Mizdow in.
3: Exactly, him. yeah, I don't mind. <laughs> put him up there. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know my other crazy brother in wrestling, Jack Gray, will be in here screaming, saying that we need to put Mizdow in there. <laughs> <Biz> <laughs> in this, there. This is the equivalent quack of when we've done
2: the greatest opening to WrestleMania and you picked the Seamus and Bryan match. And you, yep. spoke for, you spoke about it for a good 20-15 minutes, yep. which was sensational, because the match lasted like 20 seconds or something like that. The 18, 18 <laughs> seconds. Yep. So again, that's another one in there. If I had a hat on, sir, I'd be tipping it off to you, but again, I definitely do what like, I that think think. Think. Miz <laughs> doesn't get anywhere near <laughs> it. Shocking. I mean, from my
1: perspective, uh, I'll go Universal. Miz was really funny. I do mean, uh, agree. So I like. Comedy wrestler like you do, Quack. I know you're a huge fan of it. Especially if you watch it, Miz do an elbow drop in the ring, and you'd see Mister Miz, no elbow dropping the floor, just going and copying the moves. He was highly entertaining, um, but bear in mind, who's on the panel, I do think you're going to be a hard stage. You're going to need a miracle you get in easily. Oh, there
3: I- is hope. There is hope.
1: Here's
2: hope: me growing hair again, mate. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'll <laughs> get okay, a good plant fertiliser for that head. When
1: the got to lot of 46 million, got to win it, you just wait. I mean, AG Lee, not for me personally, uh, you know, I kind of got to agree with what Popley and Derek were saying, more of wrestler, but foreshadowed overshadowed uh, quite a lot as a manager. Um, I mean, her even becoming the general manager
3: was forgetful. Was oh, I mean, don't get me wrong, yeah, her becoming the general, but like the actual moment when it happened was amazing during the wedding and stuff like that. But actually, her being general manager was a complete failure, yeah. it was a fail. But as an actual manager, I, uh, she, she elevated quite a lot of people and was obviously part of that epic opener, uh, WrestleMania match that just transcends generations for years to come people will still be talking about that match and how glorious 18 seconds it's the best 18 seconds you'll ever spend in your life
1: Quack brainstorm here mm-hmm. special won't do it because it's coming up to the 10 year anniversary of that Wrestlemania mhm Give the people with the four yep. I can
3: talk an hour and a half on that 18 second match, no problem. You'll watch me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the of the, the ring, he will do it. <laughs> <laughs> I think Vicky is a really, really good trainer. I think Vicky Guerrero is possibly, for me anyway, the great, one of the, if not the greatest female manager in the history of Wrestling. She's been successful with every client she's had, everyone seems to go over. The catchphrase seems to be your of anyone, I mean, I'm mean, i not going to lie, I went to a, a couple of weeks ago and she said, excuse me, I ran out of that fucking room, you know what, <laughs> no, no, I'm out of here. So, uh, you know, she was really, really good, she played the heel part perfectly. It was really weird when she did leave WWE, uh, after she backed up, Stephanie left her face, I always found that a bit odd, didn't really know how to take that, her as a face. Uh, but I did always think she was valued for money as a heel and it's the guy just Paul Bearer, I mean, what else can I, there's nothing else I can add that I haven't already said. The you know, Paul Bearer is one of the factors of manage, managers in wrestling. He's just, he's got a lot, the name that's been said, the name, the works. the way he spoke, the carried himself, everything, it was just spot on, you know, and the legacy of having, what, been a manager of two of the longest serving wrestlers in the history of the business, you know, it speaks volumes, and I think, uh, he is very possibly going to be in that Mount Rushmore at the end of this show. So thank you very much, Guaggy, for your questions. Uh, next, I'm going to come to David.
0: David, can you tell us who's your selection for the Mount Rushmore? Well, I think we're going to be having a wall of polls here because I've got a couple on my list here. And we're going to start off with uh, Mr. Paul Ellering of the LOD. Now. Paul Ellering, you know, was very much a cool and calm mouthpiece of the Legion of Doom. You know, very much, you know, the hands, you know, on camera and behind the scenes with these guys. You know, he managed them to countless tag team championships. He had that epic motorcycle entrance in Wembley in 1992. Uh, But there is actually some truth behind, you know, managing the LOD outside of the ring as well, because they helped them with, you know, their travel plans. They helped book hotel rooms, manage contracts, essentially, essentially everything that a good manager that is capable of, you know, would be expected to do, and not only help his clients, you know, make their lives a little bit easier, but also to help them win uh, championships, etc. And I'm pretty, sh- and as part as regards to the LOD getting inducted to the Hall of Fame, Animal insisted that you know Ellering being inducted alongside them, rather than just having Hawk and Animal. So it just goes, it's a testament to show that you know they the LOD really respected you know Ellering as a manager. He also made a brief return in NXT, managing the Authors of Pain. Remember them. And uh, yeah, he made AOP, you know, a, a, which was a very sort of green, you know, tag team, just two two more big men who are just uh, green as grass. He made them, gave them personality, gave them direction. And it was, was it purely coincidental that as soon as they left Ellering, you know, the AOP basically disappeared off the face of the earth? I don't think so. But yeah purely for his history of working with LOD and the fact that he was a solid manager on and off the camera is why I've put Paul Ellering up there. Uh, now, I take Vicky Guerrero, and I raise you sensational Sherry Martel. So very much the, the unhinged lunatic, the callous manipulative Queen Sherry, who arguably was responsible for the historic rise of Macho King Randy Savage on his massive rampage. Uh, And the contrasting differences between her and Ms. Elizabeth is something that really sort of elevated her persona during this time. Uh, She wasn't afraid to get her hands dirty either, you know, she took some big bumps, uh, you know, so she wasn't there just, you know, just to stay on the outside and just bark orders. She would get physical if she had to. and she was also managing the likes of WWE Hall of Famers, including uh Didi Asse, Shawn Michaels, where I think she was she did have a vital role in establishing HBK's gimmick as the arrogant, you know, heartbreak kid style. So I think that's got to be a contributing factor to why should she should be on there. But I think one of the most uh, one of the biggest reasons why I think she could she should go on was because of her work in WCW after she left WWF, where she actually managed harlem heat to become seven time tag team champions Uh, and both obviously stevie ray and booker t went on to have hall of fame worthy careers afterwards so it's she essentially managed to two upstarts in wcw to become two of the most recognizable names in the business and i even remember when harlem Heat got inducted i think stevie ray has come out and said you know sherry should have been inducted with them you know despite already being a hall of famer herself so she could have been another two-time Hall of Famer if she wanted. But yeah, she, I think, would be put down as the greatest female manager of all time. Next we have the strategist of the Four Horsemen, JJ Dillon. Very much a master on the promo, uh, always one to orchestrate a little bit of mayhem, always knew how to antagonize his enemies, and he also had this role of sort of like a a wealthy political supervillain backed by his posse, you know, the the Four Horsemen. Uh, He also had a, a distinctive role, you know, in being in the first ever War Games match where he actually joined the Horsemen against uh, the Legion of Doom among other competitors. Uh, so his sort of gift of the gab is sort of what carried him uh, to superstardom and being associated when, with one of the greatest factions certainly helped his cause. But it was after uh, you know he sort of had the role as the manager, he actually went on to become WWE's uh, Executive Vice President of Talent Relations before John Laurinaitis and he even had a role as wcw commissioner in the monday night wars so a very influential figure during the sort of mid to late 90s uh, but yeah i think someone associated with the four horsemen and also could go in the ring at the same time definitely has a place on on my wall of fame and last but not least uh we're going paul to paul here uh last pick is going to be of course the mad scientist the architect paul heyman mike work commentary work writer general manager He almost had a persona of like a sports agent rather than just a wrestling manager, you know, particularly, you know, when he got involved in booking matches, sort of sorting out contract details, even, you know, going so far as to try and make the best show imaginable. So in a way, it was almost like, you know, Paul Ellering's role, but just sort of cranked up to 11, essentially. Uh, Even when, you know, his most decorated, one of his most decorated clients, Paul Heyman, uh, sorry, uh, Brock Lesnar, uh, goes off you know wall with the universal title, he keeps his presence afloat, you know, knowing like who this guy is associated with. You know who is uh who he where we coined the phrase Paul Heyman guys. You know, that's uh definitely one of the most most notorious sort of catchphrases you would associate with that. But even just before that, you know, he was head of the Dangerous Alliance in WCW and of course the mad scientist behind ECW. Like he's the one You know, it was a bit chaotic, a little bit, you know, of a booking maniac back then. But um, yeah, his time as a manager, particularly in WWE, you know, everything from his, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman, I'm a Paul Heyman guy. And just his promo skills, his managerial duties, and his full sort of influence over the crowd made people love him and hate him. So yeah, so that's my list. It's going to be Paul Ellering, Sensational Sherry, J.J. Dillon, and Paul Heyman.
1: Very interesting uh,
3: list. Quacker, coming to you first. What's your thoughts on David's list? Um, from top to bottom, kind of, or bottom to top, whatever way you want to say it. I'll just say in some order. Uh, Paul Heyman, I mean, yeah, definitely. Um, he should be there alongside Mizdow. Um, Unfortunately, the other two I don't know too much about them, so I don't know of their names. And they're, they're obviously iconic names and stuff. So, Sensational Sherry, like I don't know of Harlem Heat. Harlem Heat, incidentally, is an in our rush board of tag teams. So, mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, okay,
0: <laughs> <laughs> which is why our manager, their manager, should go in as well. David, I'm agreed with you, don't get white. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they're sensational Saturday. Although, I changed my mind now because they've got white. Uh, Paul Ellering. Now, this is the thing. So, when he came to NXT, I actually didn't know he was an LOD per se. I didn't know that bit. I know of LOD, I know of like, whoa, what a rush and all that kind of stuff. But I don't, it's before when I was watching wrestling and I'm, completely oblivious to what happened before the attitude data, I'm not gonna lie, Uh, so yeah I mean, to me, LOD, obviously I knew of what they were and stuff like that so I was that one guy that looked at um, uh, what looked at Animal and Hyderick and thought COOL! (laughs) And then now now I joined this godforsaken podcast and I realise it's not cool anymore, but ah well there we go, that's now for the win so the other one is uh, JJ Dillon I'm sorry like I know know wrestling twitter is going to go postal on my ass and say I should be fired or whatever it doesn't matter because I'm quitting because y'all are not putting Mizda on but sorry I don't know much about JJ Dillon he sounds cool I mean he's got two J's in his name he must be so good that he's named him twice so I, he is a Dillon. see what I did there
1: well done, you Very impressive. Thank uh, you very much. Welcome to yourself. What's your thoughts on Davis' Um Solid.
2: Solid, I would say. However, um, not up there. I think. I think there's one person that deserves to go on the list. Um, on the main rush one, I think that's Heyman. Um I think Heyman and Brent is an extra, an extra dimension to Lesnar. Lesnar's obviously not very good on the mic. However, what Heyman done to push him forward. I think Heyman deserves it in there. Obviously with all the other stuff that Dave mentioned as well. Um with him, you know, I think he's I think he is he's a solid one in there. I think Paul Heyman in terms of everything. I love absolutely love LOD. So Paul Elring is one of my favourite managers. However, I just think he's you know, he's some of the other guys that we've spoken about have had multiple different different, you know different wrestlers to manage the we can say he's just synonymous with LOD As um, well, Sensational Sherry's a great shout It's a fantastic show for what she done, particularly when I was watching it with Shawn Michaels when it was a heartbreak kid. You know, she she sort of he saw her obviously when he done the horrible dirt face act he could ever do with Martin which still makes me cry to this day. Um, but I think Sherry Sherry's a great shout in there as well. However, I feel like the other people that that we maybe going to talk about later on might maybe more solid on the list, but I think she's an absolutely great shout. JD Dylan as well. Dave, I think that's another brilliant shout as well, as well as in the Hebron wrestling as well. But I think in terms of that list, brilliant list, solid list. However, I think Damon would would be my top pick to want to the on the Mount Rushmore.
1: David, what's your thoughts on what the guys have said?
0: Oh no, no, that's it's fair enough, for, for sure. It's uh, I agree, you know, I think maybe they might not, you know, be everybody's sort of initial picks to go on the Mount Rushmore, but I'm trying to, you know, I was just sort of looking for quite as a diverse sort of range as possible. And I think, you know, in this age of inclusivity, we know we've got to get uh, a female up there. There weren't many of that female managers in the time, like some, you know, could sort of be more seen as valets. But in terms of sort of managerial duties, I think Sherry, I think you're being a bit harsh with her. I think, yeah, I think there's definitely a case to be made for her as well. Fair
1: enough. So just my own personal opinion on them um, all. So... I'll be able to quite you JJ Dillon, I knew who he was, but for me he doesn't really come to the forefront of my thoughts. And for that he's just too te- 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 quiet for everything to be prominent enough to be on the right person more. Um, that I think that same logic is kind of what affects Paul Ellering because although I know Paul Ellen Ellering was Ellery's manager. I don't think of Paul Ehrlich, I think of LOD. I just think of the actual tag team, and the bikes, and the spiky armor, and the music. I just, that's what he lets him down, and like the AOP thing, I think he made a very valid point, as soon as they ditched him, they disappeared off the streets of there, and for me, I was a huge fan of them. I thought they had fantastic potential, and it just all went down the pan when he was split for them for a reason. Um the Sherry excellent shout hall of fame worthy. the joy that he in the hall of fame did a stellar career and uh, she was the first female uh, to be inducted after uh, wcw the bought by wwf and ecw so she was very worth going in, and she has a very very good shout paul heyman for me is the goal of all managers paul heyman, i mean i'm not the biggest lebron fan, fan but paul heyman just sit and talk about tangerine for half an hour and he'd keep me entertained. I know that you probably learned something new about that tangerine. He's just that good. He knows how to do it. And the stories you hear about where Vigilant just don't make me money and he ripped and Vincent Man and tore me to shreds. Anyone else that have been sacked, and Vincent Man loved it because he'd gone extra several hundred thousand bookings for the pay-per-view was coming up. I mean, <laughs> what else can he say about him? It already hasn't been mentioned. I mean The guy's incredible. You said, David, he's got such a long resume. He's been seen, done the lot. Aye, for me, he is the greatest manager of all. But uh, really interesting group. Thanks for sharing. And finally, we're going to go to Derek.
2: You said that Haven's the best manager that you've ever seen. I'm going to up that right now. The best manager ever is the brain Heenan. I'm sorry. They're denying it. Bobby was also mentioned in your commentators, Rushmore wasn't he? Um, as well in there, as well. So, Bobby the Brain, you know, everything about this man, you know, we, we, obviously you spoke about it when you done uh, that one, but just these quick wit, the way he interacted with the crowd, he interacted with the matches, you know, he helped these he helped these guys come aboard, you know, with Rick Rude and versus a Warrior, he got Rick Rude IC title by holding the Warriors feet down, which started an even bigger feud. You know, everything that he done was perfect and he's um formally remembered with everything he done, you know. Um I think I think he's he's the best that there that, that, that there was um in there as well. In terms of these some of the partnerships he had as well, I think he increased the wrestler's status as well when you look at even though well, he can kind of really increase one of the giant stats are because he's massive, but in terms of what he done for Andre in there as well and um, he'd done everything. Him and Mr Perfect I thought it was a, you know, in the early 90s it was a perfect combination together, um, particularly when Perfect was the IC champion as well and then and um, then as well and then obviously like I mentioned with his stuff with uh, Rick Hood as well. So I think Bobby the Brain you know, has to go in there. It's also his, his longevity as well. Bobby, you know, he never, in his first five years of being a manager, he never, he never had a, a wrestler with a belt. Which tells you everything about him that he didn't—he didn't need to have a belt on him to make these guys better, to make to make it entertaining um, to the fans to watch. So I think that's why Bobby the Brainyman has got to be in there on the Mount Rushmore as well because I mean, he can be a two-time Mount Rushmore, um, in there I think. Um, my next one is Mister Fuji. Now, <laughs> I get all, all my guys as you. A lot of people know I love my early 90s, um, late 80s wrestling as well. So Mr. Fuji, for me, is what a character, first and foremost as well. You know, he had on his suit, he had on the wee hat. He looked a wee bit odd job at the Jamie Bond movies, um, the way he was walking about, and just how sneaky he was as well, with a handful of salt thrown in the opponent's faces as well. Everything about him I loved. He was pure evil, um, and that's what I loved about him um, as well. You know, I remember him very fondly these time with Demolition, who again is one of my favourite tag teams ever. And you could see him when he had on the, you know, Demolition of the face, the the, the face paint on. He used to put the face paint over his eyes as well, and it made him part of that team, even, you know, he didn't didn't look like him. You know, he didn't dress up in the the Demolition, although that'd be funny if you seen him dressed up in the Demolition outfit as well. That'd be pretty funny to see that, but, um, you know, fondly remember him for that as well, and then also, he managed the demolition and then he turned on the demolition as well he managed the power of pains which was on warlord and the barbarian so that put an extra stint on it as well plus in a match in wrestlemania 5 he wrestled in that match it was the warlord and the barbarian and mr fuji versus the demolition as well so the man you know for, for what age he was he was still wrestling i think that's uh i think that's amazing he also brought in a few other the other um, tag teams during the time, like the Orient Express and things like that, as well. But most of the time, he has remembered with his time with the demolition, and then he eventually did go back to the demolition. Before he's made, I think the thing that most people remember him by is he being the manager of Yokozuna, as well. And let's not forget what he did. Yokozuna win a rumble in '93, and he also had two-time tag team. He's also two-time WWF heavyweight champion in there as well. Be we great Fuji. By his, by his side as well. So I think for what Fuji Donny's character and everything like that, I think he's a great shout to be on this as well. Um, next choice would be Jimmy Hart, the Mouth of the South um, as well. You know, and see when you think about some of the people who Jimmy Hart has managed, I'll, I'll give you just a quick list of some of them that I've managed to remember. From there. So managed Hogan, when Hogan was in his prime, he managed the Heart Foundation. Greg the Hammer Valentine in there as well. Um, Ted DiBiose, IRS, the Mounty, Earthquake Typhoon, the Natural disaster. the Nasty Boys, and the Honky Donk Man as well. So there was so many. What manual. a slack! Unreal, innit? <laughs> Jumped nuts. about everywhere. Jumped about nuts. everywhere. Mm-hmm. So. That's just some of the people that he's managed and then also during that time as well, you know, all these, a lot of these guys had titles on them as well, you know, as well which was amazing, the Nasty Boys title range where he, where he, used, to, he used to wear. The, the thing I loved about Jimmy Hart was he always wore the suit jackets to represent the team that he managed. You know, when he managed the Hart Foundation when they first came out in the eighties, he used to have the big, he, he, he had no relation to Bret Hart or anything like that, but he had on hearts on his suit jacket. When he managed the Nasty Boys, it was like the paint, spray paint on the back of his, um, on the back of his suit. Jack and he his back and also carried one of the helmets which he used a lot, which helped him win the title, uh, the IC title, uh, the tag team titles as well. But also, let's not forget, these a loud mouth point in there as well, where he was shouting at people, he was distracting the referee, he was interacting with the fans. You know, that's a thing that makes you a great manager as well. was obviously the whole entertaining side of things and interacting with the fans. And the fans must I just loved it, you know, the guys who were lucky enough to sit down the front of some of these shows and, you know, being interacting with somebody like him as well. So I think he's he's in there as well. Let's not forget, he managed heels and then also he managed Hogan when Hogan was babyface as well when he came back to WWE as well. So it's, you know, he's, he's, he's got a wide collection in there. So I think he's, he's definitely one that we need to consider in there. And my last one, I'm going to change it because no one's mentioned him yet. My, my original fit was uh, The Genius, who was Macho Man's uh, brother, who came out as an arrogant sort of intellect, used to be like gown in a cap and stuff like that, however, I switched him for Miss Elizabeth, no one's mentioned Miss Elizabeth yet, so... Um, Are you
3: talking about the Miss Elizabeth or Stevie Wilson?
2: Oh, no, definitely not Stevie Wilson, nah. No. <laughs> good, good, but I was leaving at that point. <laughs> that is the only place you can get managers at the door, um, but the actual Miss Elizabeth um, first what can you say first sweetheart of wrestling almost you know how how she came in her and and Macho were such a great partnership together um, as well you know when he won the title um, as well all the way up you know she was with him but then the other stuff that she'd done as well you know with the the Ric Flair stuff as well, with Ric Flair imposing himself in the pictures and things like that as well. She was great and everybody loved her. And then let's not mention the stuff that she's done in WCW as well. In there as well. I think she's a she's another great shout to be in there as well. So, guys, that's my four. Thanks very much. Derek. Uh, David, we'll you first. What's your thoughts
1: on Derek's list?
0: So, yeah, uh, solid lineup from Derek. Uh, and I'm just going to say straight off the bat, it's a no brainer that Bobby Heenan needs to be on the Mount Rushmore. Like, no ifs or buts. Like, Bobby Heenan was one of those guys who was just a chameleon at whatever he did. He was, uh, whether it was commentator or manager, you know, he was hilarious. He was insanely biased uh, and morally corrupt, but everybody loved him for it. Uh, Particularly, you know, his back and forth with Gorilla Monsoon on commentary. Like, you know, that just sort of showed what kind of personality he was. But in the role as a manager, you know, everything, you know, from managing the Heenan family to, uh, you know, obviously managing Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect. Honest his, um, his face run wouldn't have been as successful if it wasn't for his heel run with Heenan. And so he's a big contributing factor to a lot of Hall of Fame-worthy talents. Um, and I'm surprised he wasn't inducted in the Hall of Fame sooner than 2004. Like, he was, like, he was literally the best at, you know riling up the crowd in every which way possible and you could hear his voice all the time when he took on the mantelope commentator but yeah, he's um, he, he has to go on there like there needs to be a spot reserved for him and I think he needs to be the the first two-time Mount Rushmore person uh, Miss Elizabeth um, again, another bit of, a, bit of a interesting one because she wasn't a manager in the traditional sense I think she was more of a, a pioneer of the role of valeting in wrestling you know she didn't get you know as hands-on physical compared to you know the likes of you know uh sherry and even vicky got in the ring a couple of times as well but she didn't really have that sort of influence you know she was very much there as uh macho man's sort of key sort of valet sort of person but that's not to say you know she's you know she has had she was very over with the crowd, you know being i think she was dubbed wrestling's first lady as well and she had an integral part in a, in a lot of the feuds you know with rick flair jake roberts randy savage etc so she was there and there amongst some of the best but is she a candidate for mount rushmore possibly might be a little bit of a stretch though uh, given the competition she's up against
3: can um, i come in on something you just said because you've said this twice now and all i'm thinking about is debates in chamber one what is real wrestling what's a real manager then Hmm.
0: Yeah, that, that's why I think Miss Elizabeth's sort of in a bit of a gray area, because you could argue she's a manager. Other times you could argue she's a valet. So, yeah, I think it always... Like, it, like what, 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 what is that? Like, uh, what is that? It's a gray area. That's what I'm saying. You know, it just depends what perspective you look at it. And to be, there is a case to be made for her to go up there. But I think in the sense of conventional manager, I think she's too much of a hybrid rather than a full-on, you know, one or the other, if that makes sense. So... Going on to jimmy hart now uh definitely a very loud vibrant character in more ways than one both with his attires and his megaphone as well he certainly he made the you know the megaphone at ringside uh, basically a thing uh and you know his managing of again you know interacting with hall of fame worthy talents like the Hart foundation and honky tonk man hulk hogan like you, i mean you put him in the Mount Rushmore just for his appearance alone uh is he as you know captivating as other managers though I think he's up a lot against a lot of stiff competition here but in terms of you know again establishing himself as the mouth of the south with the megaphone you know he's very he's a very unique uh, manager Uh, again it's I, it's another competitive one, I must say. Mr. Fuji as well. Um, this is the one I'm least confident about. Not Nothing against Mr. Fuji, obviously, because, you know, his run with Demolition was great. He also had managing Yokozuna at the same time. I, I just think he's... I think he's just lost in the shuffle a little bit with all these other big names. Um, yeah, I'm afraid he doesn't stand out for me compared to the others, so I'm afraid I'm going to have to put him on the back burner for this one, but I will say, if there's any of Derek's list that has to go on there, it's Bobby the Brain Heenan.
1: Thanks very
3: much, David. Uh, Kwaku, come to yourself. What's your thoughts on Derek's list? Uh, they're all valets. I don't think that I'm really joking. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> to be Like Bobby the Brain Heenan. Uh, like, the thing is, though, with that is... <sighs> see all of the people that Derek has picked you go forgive me because um, most all of them were before the time I was watching wrestling so I'm all about the retrospective and stuff however I do know a, a little bit about Jimmy Hart, uh, Mouth of the South isn't it? Am I right in saying that? Yeah, I for the south. Flashy jackets with lovely lips over it, megaphone, shouting at people um, and stuff like that. So yeah, I don't know of his work and, and quite a list of people he's worked with there. So uh, he definitely fulfills the quota of, he's probably managed the most amount of people if you look at, I mean, unless there's somebody else that's been a bigger man slack but oh uh, well, there we go. A um, genius. I guess he was a genius. Uh, <laughs> um, Mr. Fuji. Now the see the thing is though when I see that, him as a character scares the Jesus out of me because I always had when I was younger I watched Goldfinger. And I had a big fear for Oddjob. job. And you can imagine the fact that I had a big fear for Oddjob. job. I was six years old when I watched Goldfinger i'm sleeping my brother comes barreling into the room and throws a bowler hat at me i have never been so scarred in my life and i now hate bowler hats and mr fuji walking around scares the hell out of me even random task and austin power scares me (laughs) so can we not bring up mr fuji again and certainly not put him up top of that mountain because i will never see that mountain ever again i'm that scarred for life Um so we I mean, it's very solid picks to be honest with you, apart from Mr. Fuji in that one, but um, I'm more surprised that nobody's missed, uh, mentioned mister Yabaguchi Yamaguchi-san for his one line and his services to chop it off a uh, tackle as well, so there's another one that should go up there. mister Yabaguchi Mr.
1: Yamaguchi-san up there now. <laughs> Well thanks for that, Cracker. No uh, problem. <laughs> what's your thoughts on the guy's thoughts on your picks?
2: Doing them a of shape. Don't know what I'm talking about. Normally good. Um <laughs> nah. solid. Solid. I agree with, I agree with that I sort of I, I disagree with what you uh, some of the stuff that were saying about Mr. Fuji. I thought Mr. Fuji was a great character in um, there and everything that he brought to it as well, particularly like, um with Yokozuna. in there as well, just made him even more dastardly. Um, but I can't, can't complain with anything I think um, obviously my picks are <clears throat> from when the main, the main part that I, that I love wrestling was you know like I said was the early was the late 80s early 90s um, and going on from there so that's why that's what
3: Can I just I say, say on that, that point it. like obviously I'm saying like I did the watch then and stuff and I watch it, it does is in no means me saying that what you're saying is invalid or anyway <laughs> no, of because I'm um, And, like, the wrestling that I love ever knows is proper, proper, proper messed up, like, like the whole of wrestling Twitter would hate my wrestling. Basically, if I if I follow Twitter, I shouldn't be watching wrestling. But I just think anyone that has an opinion on wrestling is a very valid one. Maybe I don't know much about it, but I'm here for the education. So let's do it. Yeah,
2: just don't mention yeah, think...
3: Fuji because he still scares me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I
2: think like like I said, that's most of my my childhood was you know me and Gary was watching with watching the wrestling then because we are all, unfortunately, a wee bit older than most of you's A-holes that are on this podcast as well, so um, I mean get have a few years above most of you's um, on it but aye, this, this, is my golden, this is my golden thing, you know, for you, it's maybe that is you dear and stuff like that, but I mean, proper old school WWF is my stuff and that's why it's so heavily influenced in there as well um, so aye, I just, that was why I picked them, but respect her, respect their views
1: Definitely. Good, good. Uh, from my perspective, yeah, I think it's a phenomenal lineup you've got here. Bobby Brayden in one of the absolute greatest of all time, no doubt, in my mind. Um, I love Mr Fiji. Uh just for the whole Bond theme, and like Kwaku says, he's talking about odd job and stuff like that. I just love that. I just loved that they, they played on that slightly. Uh, he was a very good man and he obviously helped you go so much to his career as well. Demi Hart, again, I think he's one of the greatest of all time as well. Probably if you look at his career, the people with the titles he's helped his clients one is possibly the most successful one of them all. Um Ms. Elizabeth. Um just what you say, her my. she was an excellent mind. I don't agree with David just sort of rally. I think she was an absolute brilliant manager. Um and obviously you know, it was part of the reason that the mega power split. Yeah, it's also created another great story, but I think it's a really good good strong lineup. So again, thanks guys for your thoughts. Um so the first thing I've to say is I'm really happy about diversity and all this and we've got everyone is picked a female. Um so basically I'm going to leave up to you guys about this. This is what I feel. Either we have to have a male and a female, Mount Rushmore or my or we have to have at least minimum one woman.
0: And the Mount Rushmore. What's your thoughts, guys? You've got to have one woman on this Mount Rushmore. Yeah. At least. At least. Yeah, fair enough. So now it comes into the nitty gritty
1: it's time to decide who actually was on and who's going to miss out. Um, so I'm going to leave up to the floor for you guys to debate. And every so often, I'm going to shout out some names that I've, I've thought of and all people I've spoken to have thought of that I potentially should or could be involved in the Mount war so i'm going to leave it up to you who wants to go first and
0: put football in the uh, okay let's get the no-brainer out of the way bobby heenan has got to go on like i think i'm not sure there'd be any any two ways about it uh, 100% agree with bobby heenan <laughs> okay, you Yeah. well yeah yeah
3: absolutely absolutely
1: Right, so Bobby Heenan is the first name on the Mount Rushmore, so no surprise there really. I I agree as well, Bobby Bobby Heenan is superb. I I personally just like Paul Heenan just because I grew up with Paul Heenan more, but I totally expect that he for Derek back in the beginning and he's the first ever, as David said, person to appear twice in our Mount Rushmore. So, yeah, perfect. So, who
2: are we going for next then? Can I pick one? Can I say one that I didn't talk about, but Paul Bearer should be on it, hundred percent. Everything yeah. that he, everything that he done, and the the way that he developed, the way that he made like the Undertaker and Kane, the storyline between the two of them as well. That was that was amazing storytelling between the two of them as well. And he just added that extra element to to Undertaker when he first came out, and then the power of the arm and everything that came with it as well. I think he. I think he
0: deserves his place in there. A hundred percent is one of the one of the best managers of all time. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, I, again, it's just just the way everything from his image to his uh, his character and his obviously, you know, as you said, Derek his story, uh, the backstory with Undertaker and Kane. It's a huge contributing factor as to why he was, you know, a very good manager. And you know, he had this sort of you know mystique about him. And yeah, I, I would I would back putting Paul Bearer on there as well. Quacky? Yeah, well I picked him, so yeah. <laughs>
1: you're not gonna find an argument from me on that one. Purely double's advocate here, right? If he wants to go in, that means the likes of either Paul Heyman or Jimmy Hart, one of them potentially I mean there's a whole list of other amazing minders I've I've seen here right? so like you're just like, Ric Flair. Bischoff, Bischoff had probably the greatest heat I've ever seen a a, a manager ever get. People literally phone trash him in the middle of a ring in WCW during that career. You know, um, Rick Rude, he was brilliant with WCW. China, China with DX, before she became an active wrestler, was superb. She was intimidating. I mean, what's your thoughts, guys? I mean, are you happy to sit with Paul Bearer? Or do you feel that maybe Timmy Harton had a I think the thing with China though,
3: because she, yeah, she was a great manager, but where she was a great manager, she was an even greater pioneer in wrestling. So I think that um, about if you're going to create her in a Mount Rushmore, I mean, she could be a Mount Rush, there's so many things, but I think the thing about her more is the fact that she was an intercontinental champion and pioneer of like, pretty much everything. So I think. It would be more of you know, a credence to put her on a Mount Rushmore of women, for example. Yeah. Rather
1: than managers. Yeah. I think she is already on the women's Mount Rushmore. Yeah. It is indeed, yeah. Well, just to play again, I was asking, Teddy Long was a name that was mentioned quite often. Last no, year. I, I never thought I would no, say that. No, listen,
0: you saying Teddy Long, that is. Oh my God. What? If she's a
1: last because and when i was doing a lot of research for the show the same four names all kept coming up as the mount rush four which was keenan emin jimmy hart and paul bearer which is why i said to you so before we came on you can have one of each um sadly said i couldn't make the show which is why Derek jumped on the, the chance to get jimmy hart as part of his group that's why he has it too i mean what, what's your thoughts I mean I, I know you love Teddy Long but I, think- I love Teddy Long
3: like proper Teddy Long time I will put him on any Mount Rushmore however for the uh, putting my sensible hat on right now I can't believe I'm saying that I, I just don't I, I, in terms of a manager of people I don't think he could be up there we are uh, Mount Rushmore general managers for example the Mount Rushmore tag team as well, because let's be honest he is the absolute dawn of tag teams, and the about Rushmore of making you sure you go one-on-one with The Undertaker
1: that definitely there. <laughs> Alright, okay Again, devil's advocate, I'm just trying to see ways of thinking, if they're going to stick with Paul Bearer, there is three other names here that nobody's mentioned, one's highly, highly controversial, I understand that nobody wants to put forward, Jim Cornette
3: there's one big issue with jim cornett and that is jim cornett move on mm-hmm. yeah fair
2: enough Dis- disagree okay Cornet was on my cornette was on my was on one of my first lists when we were we were talking about this however because jim cornett is jim cornett that's <laughs> took yeah, think think it.
0: yeah <laughs> Yeah,
2: no more if you go back to the stuff he's been his manager you know it's good but i'm i'm, I'm not going to talk to him that's fine uh there's been a couple of us Freddy Blasey,
1: He is always in the in the top five. Nobody mentioned him.
0: I mean, he did didn't get a lot of heat from the crowd. Yeah, pretty right. much an obnoxious sort of villain. Okay,
1: I'm going to give you one modern one. I'm quite surprised nobody mentioned considering on how many careers he's regenerating. Built MVP. He's yes. done. A- yeah, he's, oh, done, done- he's done. He's done great
3: it. with the with. Uh, people and stuff like that but I I just think there are other names out there that in terms of I mean MVP to me is the MVP of the Ruthless Aggression Era because his name is MVP but that's another show you should listen to Uh, but for this
0: I, I just think there are other names out there that deserve to go on first. Uh, MVP's got too much of a decorated end ring career which more or less eclipses his time as a manager which has only been you know just shy of what 18 months two years long you know since his return at the 2020 Royal Rumble you know that I mean if you were to do this show a few years later and he was still in the role of a manager there could be a case made for him but no too soon for him to be considered as a Mount Rushmore of managers. I mean,
1: I know everyone's the biggest follower of Impact, but he had a really good run in Impact as a manager. Really good run. And he made like, his number one target to last was Scotland's was Drew Scotland I through Manpower. Drew Galloway they were but then, uh, yeah.
2: someone off to I, mean. I, I I agree with David Clackier, I think he's more, when you think of MVP, you think of him more in the ring, not outside the ring. Um, like Dave said, two years' time, if we're discussing this again, and he's still doing you know, his business, what he's doing in WWE right now, I think there's every possibility that he could be discussing him here. yeah
1: Fair. So that means then you would not consider Flair, Anderson, Blanchard then, because of their in-ring careers? Because of their in-ring careers, ring-ring. yes. Fair enough. So are you going to stick then, Paul Bearer number two? Yep. Mm-hmm. I think so, do you
2: think? Shit
3: I know, I know. <laughs> I like how you came in here trying to get us all scrapping and everything and then we're like, no, Alan, you're the prick, move on. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the OG Mike Rushmore, these were all screaming and shouting at each
1: other, arguing,
3: it was fantastic. Every so of just throwing a yeah. name in. And then I just, I just sat at the back stroking an imaginary cat as you all fall over to my argument on Vince
1: McMahon. I'm not was a huge disappointment. Wait, you see you ripped. and the audience just went <sighs> I know. I was I, I had my ammunition ready and I don't even need to
3: look at the gun.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Paul Bearer is in the Mount Rush Force. so we have room for one more man.
0: Minimum discuss can be discussed the women right now. Let's sure. it. I mean like I would I would like to put a case forward for sensational Sherry on your four years well everything is what i said before you know she was you know she had a huge influential role in establishing a lot of memorable talent and gimmicks like i've said you know she was an integral part of establishing Shawn michaels as the heartbreak kid a a moniker which he still holds to this day uh the rise of harlem heat in wcw you know she really showed her credentials as a manager there leading them to seven world tag title reigns in three years you know that's Pretty, pretty damn impressive uh, for you know a team that sort of stuck together through all that time. Um, but I think you can't overlook you know her role as Queen Sherry, uh, which helped elevate one of the greatest heel characters of the nineties, Macho King Randy Savage, and her sort of back and forth, you know, with Miss Elizabeth as well. You know, established her as a really you know enigmatic, you know, volatile manager sort of heel character, and. Yeah, she wasn't just, you know, like I said, she wasn't just stuck to just standing at ringside. She would take bumps when she needed to, and she would put her body on the line for the sake of a storyline. Like, that is sort of one of those, you know, pioneering aspects of, you know, a time where, you know, women managers, you know, were sort of there just for either being uh, eye candy, essentially. But, you know, she was she was wanting to, you know, get her hands dirty and get involved. And I think that's what puts her head and shoulders above any other sort of female manager. Right.
2: Well, I, I'm going to argue for Miss Elizabeth in there is nine. Um Miss Elizabeth first of all is a manager. She's not a ballot. She's a manager. Put that out there. In my opinion, in my uh, humble opinion, I think she's a manager. Yeah,
3: that's um, cool. Look that's
2: at cool. what she look at what she done um for everything. The storylines with the macho man and there. Like you said, the mega powers, the biggest probably tag team of the eighties in there, as well, early nineties, um, and everything they've done, and then how they d- they developed that storyline, splitting them up, and you know to go their own separate ways as well was was incredible. Um, and then the storyline where the first introduced to WWE, WWF at the time, was was amazing. You know, with the putting the pictures in and just Flair showing everybody how Rick Flair is. It, I, I actually just developed that more, and then that was sensational in um, there as well. Um you you make a valid point about Sherry taking bumps and stuff like that. Miss Elizabeth wasn't a trained wrestler in Desla, and there as well. She was she was a manager. So um I think that might be that might be the thing. But I think for me, um if I'm thinking about female managers of that time, there's only one person I think about, it and that's Miss Elizabeth. Sherry is a phenomenal choice but um me personally I would I would have Elizabeth in there. Um As well. I think think, when you think about what Sherry's done, it's it's, it's amazing. But for me, you know, Elizabeth shines ahead there, unfortunately.
1: Fair enough. Now, Kwaku, you've got two women as part of your Mount Rushmore: AJ Lee and Ricky Guerrero. Are you going to back one of them, or are you going to join sides with either Derek or David?
3: I am going to back one of my own because. Sorry to say, but Vicky Guerrero has got to go in there. Vicky, I can hear the two Campbells screaming, Put Vicky in, put Vicky in. I can hear both of them already in my hair, head, just screaming out for it because it needs to be done. Vicky is just, she came in as the wife of Eddie, right? And has completely reinvented, like, the Guerrero family are a legendary family in wrestling. It's easy to be, like, uh, going down the path of, well, I'm the family person of this or whatever. Vicky made it her own. The only association that you would have with Eddie was the fact that she shared the same surname. She made it all about what she was doing to put over people and to put over how evil and vindictive this woman was to make sure she got what she wanted and she propelled the people that she managed, the people, into top cards and unfortunately are not there now. Edge, to an extent, he's still in the top card because he's Edge but you got to look at the reason, look, look at the big reason as to why that was, and see who was pushing them and elevating up into that, into that role with their character work. And that was Vicky. Vicky was very instrumental in that part. So I think it'll be a big travesty if you don't put her in as well as Ms. But anyway, there you go.
1: Now, before I let you fight this one out, there's a few other names that I've seen in other articles, all people have mentioned that nobody said. So, I just want to see if any of these things are possibly going to trip these up and maybe think maybe we could. We've got Terry Runnels, Debra, Nah. Nah. Stacey Keebler. Nope. Definitely one. And the modern one, Lana. Lana generated huge heat by Bruce
3: She That's fair play. No, like Lana was amazing. But for what we're talking about, I just don't know, but Lana is like, of all those people, I think the strongest argument could be said for Lana, but I just don't think it's strong enough for what we're talking about right now.
2: Derek, what's your thoughts? Uh, Stephanie McMahon's an interesting one, I think that's quite a good one but she's another one who's had unbelievable heat on her as well, I think Lana's a great shout um, as well, um, when, when she was managing Rufus and and recessory and the heat he, that she he was getting as well. But I think the three, the three ladies that we have mentioned are probably the best, and I think they're better than the ones that you're trying to shit stuff with.
0: <laughs> yeah, like Ste- <laughs> Stephanie, Stephanie is an authority figure, you know, yeah, she would go on general managers, etc. Lana yeah. was only really relevant for about a year, and then it sort of just went downhill. Like, I mean, yes, she generated heat, but. Not a very sort of comfortable heat, you know, particularly, you know, with the whole Russia gimmick and stuff. But uh, Lana's just went downhill ever since 2015, and I don't think she can hold a candle to any of the three we've mentioned.
1: David, don't hold back. See what you really feel. <laughs> 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 I'm not getting involved. She's going to fight it between us. Who's going in?
0: Vicky. Sherry. You, sneak, you need to debate
1: it. Some people need to get in.
0: Listen, Shit. Another reason I think Sherry should go in is because of her successes across multiple promotions like Miss Elizabeth while well, she was a great manager we'll, we'll go with that well, she was a manager I think she was only she was only stuck with uh, WWF whereas Sherry branched out to WCW and managed to get equivalent heat as, uh, equivalent success as she did in uh, WWF so I think there's an argument to be made you know she was a a successful manager across multiple promotions not just the one Derek you gotta take that WC.
2: Elizabeth was in WCW as well, David. Oh, was she?
0: No. Mm-hmm. Go show go show what I know then.
2: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm not I'm not accepting that, Dave, unfortunately. Um Okay. For me, Elizabeth was the first manager in wrestling like the first female manager in wrestling, which is pretty high up there I think in, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I think that's who I would that's what I think of when I think of um any sort of managers in there Aye. as well. Like I, do think, I do, yeah. like to be to be honest with you, huge guys do make good good valid points in there. But
0: I kinda see why yeah, Elizabeth may have been the first manager of wrestling, but Sherry I think just cranked up to eleven. Notice
3: how there's Aye. no dispute on Vicky Guerrero, therefore she should go in.
0: Oh no, listen, we forgot Vicky ages ago. We're thinking stuck between Sherry and Elizabeth now. <laughs> <laughs> is that the
1: case? Is it gonna be seen Sherry and Olive? No, it's not the case. Hell no as it is. Hell no <laughs> Point
3: question. Hell no! David. Hell no! David. Yes, that's David Poppy guy. That's no David
1: Poppy. I sure. know. They don't go up to about twenty. I mean, come on. What's
3: your case? His balls have just dropped in the last two minutes. There, Jesus <laughs> Christ, man! Anyway, I love it, Dave. Love it, love it Dave. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared to want what might happen next. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, that knocked me for sex. David Hockman. Jesus Christ, <laughs> on yourself, son. Anyway, uh so <laughs> basically we see with Vicky, I've got say man. Yeah, Vicky. there you go. I've just I've just broke you there, Quacker. <laughs> anyway, uh, Vicky Guerrero nobody had a thing to say like the negative about her. I said what I had to say. Nobody said anything negative in any way whatsoever. Vicky has to go, and she made people top of the card and kept them there. Who got the biggest pop at the Royal Rumble, the first uh, Women's Royal Rumble? Who got the biggest pop coming out? Tell me.
0: Uh, Probably Trish Stratus.
3: Wrong. Vicky, watch (laughs) it back. Watch it back watch her back and I'm going to tell you it was Vicky. Why? She was hated. She was hated. She got the biggest pop because people respected what that woman did and what she did was just elevated people uh, to the top through her character work, she was amazing. Yeah. Don't ever come back on that, knee. You know how's Dolph,
0: how's, how's Dolph Ziggler doing, by the way? All right. Well,
3: well, since that uh, she wasn't managing him, yeah, he's gone off the rails. Yeah, fair play. But when she was managing him, where was he? At the top, Thank US you. champion and world wow. heavyweight champion as well. So for like five minutes, he was world heavyweight champion. That proves a point more when he when he was a champion. Well, Vicky,
2: there we go. Move on. I don't, I don't think any others are going to move on or stance here, Alex, so I think you might need to step in. And... Right, I'll tell you what then, right? One last plea from
1: Oyes. Plead the case, and I'm going to back to winner.
3: Do it for the La Familia. Do it for the Guerrero name. A Guerrero needs to be up on this Mount Rushmore. This is the big opportunity to have a Guerrero finally on the Mount Rushmore that we've been debating. Vicky Guerrero needs to go up there. If you don't put her in there, because Travis did go in, I'll save my piece.
0: You no, I I I mean, I'm sure. Vic, yeah, Vicky's got a lot of great qualities that make her a, a good manager. It's just that I don't know. I think in some and a lot of cases, you know, she was made to look like the butt of jokes particularly you know you know especially at the behest of the mcmahon's as well you know there was always one authority figure that was stronger than her but again that's looking at her as a sort of general general manager, manager you
3: just debunked your own argument there
0: <laughs> yeah but in terms of manager you know i think she only elevated like Dolph ziggler to a world title which he was only given through uh, because edge was uh, you know kayfabe sacked that same day uh so it's there was only so far that mickey could go with her clients you know whereas you know People like, you know, Miss Elizabeth and Sherry, you know, they both had an influential role in the rise of Randy Savage, essentially, you know, one of the most decorated Hall of Fame talents ever. But Sherry has the edge largely because of, you know, not only who she managed, you know, like I said, she was managing Ric Flair, Honky Tonk Man, Jake Roberts, Ted DiBiase, all these guys are Hall of Fame caliber superstars. And, and I will say this again, she was influential in some of the most prominent gimmicks that we still see today. When
2: when Dave, when Dave first started talking there, he mentioned Ms. Elizabeth first over his own pick. So I think that tells you Because you said the mess for last. At. I think that's what it tells you where Dave said that. He's obviously thinking one step ahead. We are talking about the first woman manager of wrestling in here in Miss Elizabeth. Look at everything that they've done. The match made in, the match made in heaven with a wedding. Everything like that was was amazing. Look at what she's done for Savage as well, bringing them up to the heavyweight title as well. The mega pillars in there. Everybody loved the mega pillars and the amazing storyline when, when, when they split up as well because of Miss Elizabeth as well. Look at the feud with Savage and Flair because of the, the pictures that were done with her as well, you know, the put footage face and natural man's image and stuff like that. It was amazing as well. And like I said, she's like like the, we'll say before, you know, she's been in a, she, she's she's not only been in WWE, she was in uh, WWF at the time, she was also in WCW as well, and um, in there as well with Savage. So I think she deserves a place in there for everything that she represents and the massive storylines that she was involved with at the time.
1: Thank you very much guys, right. before the show started, I knew your list, I knew you'd probably come down to these three, and the way I would order them for weakest to strongest, before any of even spoke about them, would have been, the weakest would have been Sherry Martell, they would be Miss Elizabeth and Vicky, but I'm going to make my decision purely based on how you've argued about it and debated about it, and for that reason, Miss Elizabeth's going <laughs> to, sorry boys, but I'm going to go Miss Elizabeth. It was the first big shock managers and ever anyone ever seen in wrestling, the way know the, the mega powers, the wedding, you know, she the Yoko Ono, they brought them back together, you know. All your arguments are so valid. I the one that failed the Vicky is the success in the two brands. Yes, she's got Nile to a world title in AEW. Miles now dropped the title, but She's not really appearing anymore, you're not really seeing much here. Um, but, again, Quack, like as you said, she made Dolph relevant. Dolph's not relevant anymore. Since yeah, she said, because she's not with him, so that proves my point more. I know, but surely with the work, with a manager setting them up, they should be able to continue. Like, when Undertaker didn't have better, Undertaker still thrived. When he didn't have better, he still thrived. He's not Ed had. You know, Ed's come towards of scale now he's back. He hasn't. He's went to war mid-card now, at best. Um partly it's a because he is such a technically brilliant wrestler. Amazing sell. gave um, made some really strong urge to uh, say some Sherry Martell, but you were talking about she helped manage Harlem Heat. It's, and you right, she did. But when I think I personally, one person when I think of Harlem Heat, she doesn't even come into my head. I just think of Booker T and Stevie Ray. No one else bit like Paul, the Paulie Ellen, Ellen scenario, but in the Mega Powers, Miss Elizabeth's always in the middle wedding dress, the breakup. So I have to say the dating. That's what I'm going for. Miss Elizabeth purely based on your debating. That's all. Nothing else.
2: So Miss Elizabeth in. Can I say one thing? There, I absolutely thought that was amazing. The arguments that we the both put, for the the three of us put forward, I think were brilliant. Dave, Miss uh, sensational sherry stuff was spot on. Well, like as well. I think it's, I think it's brilliant, but um, I think it was, think a very, very good debate uh, there about it. Uh, well, it's
0: all just, it's all just part of the debate, you know. I mean, you've, you've got a, a side to argue for, but you know, Ms Elizabeth was a strong contender to begin with, and you put a, a very good case forward. So I'm, I'm happy that she's, she's, uh, she's been put up there because I, I think it was either going to be her or or Sherry. Listen to the Delph,
3: now that he's won, he's gone all wholesome and said, oh well done boys! <laughs>
2: I want take him for the kids. <laughs> he's not the
3: winning boys, yeah, absolute <laughs> up, he's, up, he's yeah, absolute male, Derek. You're an absolute male! You did You did I wouldn't have it any other way,
1: brother, I suppose. What <laughs> <laughs> fighting really we've really had a debate since the first Mount Rushmore. There's not; it's all been kind of oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that'll be it So thank you, that's been brilliant. So then I suppose then we're still <laughs> debating that log. We're still got one place left. So, <laughs> so the question is: Is it going to be a male or a female?
0: So who are we going for, guys? Paul Heyman Guerrero. Paul Heyman. There's no one. There's no other competition. For me, it's Jimmy Hart.
2: I think I said I think I said when Quacko started his argument I said Paul Heyman needs to go in there However, now that we're looking at it and everybody that that Jimmy Hart has managed and what he's done in there I think he should be in there as well However, Heyman is amazing I love Paul Heyman, absolutely love him I think he brings so much to to the table with his with the guys that he manages, he brings them on an extra dimension, um, however, um, the mouth of the south is the mouth of the south, but um, in there as well. I'm going to throw him and his name in the ring as well.
1: Right, Quack, I'm going to come to you, eh, since you haven't got either one, are you going to stick with Dow or Vicky or Adrian, or are you going to back one of the boys here?
3: if you Hart or Paul Game. I feel like I'm facing a losing battle. So I'm, I, I feel like this is like single transferable votes, where I put my number one down. My number one has got no chance of winning, so I might as well go for my number two or my number three. So mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna go for my number three option. And I, f- I fear for saying this because it would, be, it'll be wrong if this man's not in it. And it's got to be Heyman.
1: Even though Timmy Hart has more champions under his title, more Hall of Famers.
3: Yeah, but it's got to be Heyman. I mean, both have managed some wrongings in the past. Uh, I was going to go down the route of wrongings, but I mean, one doesn't like his daughter dating tall basketball players of a certain colour. The other likes to flashes his at era and air hostesses allegedly, don't sue me uh, so it's just <laughs> uh, so it's just one of those things so yeah, Paul Heyman
1: OK, so
2: sadly Derek is 2-1, Paul Heyman is going to go in so, oh, well, I'll, that's, a, that's a worldly, worldly place in there, I would just want to do a bit of shit as well, I, I think I, like I said at the start um, I want like, Paul Heyman should, should be in there but I would just want to fight for my guy in there as well, but I think when you think about it rationally Heyman should go in there like I said he adds uh, an extra dimension to everybody that he manages in there as well and the heat that he can bring on top of that as well yeah definitely no complaints from my side
1: I mean just just purely based on everyone's arguments tonight if I had to pick mine from your arguments alone so I'd to obviously stay out of this it would be Paul Heyman Bobby the brain, henon Mr Luddworth and Jimmy Hart. Paul Bearer, when you get in mind, just purely because Paul Bearer was tied to two guys his whole career. Jimmy Hart had that many. That's the one of these I would go him over that. But that's what makes this, you know, quite an interesting show, and we have finally got some debating going. It's been great. So are we happy with a final mount much more we locking it in?
3: Yep. Um, okay. Call the contractors, get them chiseling away. Yeah. Is this going to go in melt to the campsite again? Because there's still some space.
1: No and I'm going for breeze. Alright, oh, going for a breeze. I'll be full of doggers up there. Exactly. Just think of the doggers that car up the sky, eating yaldy, and call the pulvera.
2: looking at pulvera. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: That's us, so there we go. <laughs> my-
1: oh, yeah! <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yeah! <And laughs> I'm not even, even going to attempt it. If there was ever a
3: moment for someone to do
1: it, it's that moment. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. Mount Rushmore, mind complete. Bobby the Brain Heenan, Paul Bearer, Miss Elizabeth, and Paul Gaming. There we go. That's a lot, of, and I think that's a worthy account there. And we've got a first ever two-time uh, Mount Rushmore star of Bobby the Brain Heenan, and rightfully so. And on that note, it's time to end the show. I just want to thank the panel again. Firstly, Derek Cairn, David Hockney. Thanks. And Kwaku, Ajay. Thanks very much for that,
3: Percy. You're top of the show there, Percy. Thank you very much there, Percy.
1: Thank you very much, Percy number two. I've been perfect. And uh, thank you very much for listening. i for the forward to seeing you again. Everyone take care. Have a good night.
2: There now follows an enthusiastic advertisement for Quiz Showdown. Hello guys, welcome to Quiz Showdown. I'm Daniel Campbell and in this show you're going to see the members of the Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet team go through a very strange quiz. We don't know what the heck's going on with it, but you're going to have to watch to find out. Go check out on the YouTube channel now. That was an enthusiastic advert for Quiz Showdown. Sports Social Podcast Network